No Limit Texas Hold'em is the Cadillac of poker. You don't happen to have 8,000 bucks on you. Oh, no, no, we don't use money in heaven. Comes in pretty handy down here, Bob. Oh, you just want a million? You're making a run at it, aren't you? Rolling up a stake and going to Vegas. Welcome to episode number eight of When the Chips Are Down podcast. From living in a van, playing low stakes cash, to battling Bobby's room in the Lagio, I am Andrew by King19 Peeper. Chicago's probably not going to win this game 30% of the time. They're joined by my co-host, Joe the Goat, Tihan. I mean, I thought forever with my kings. I'm like, this is so stupid. And we welcome back from the depths of a nation, Willie. Just another reason not to play tournaments. Whether you've been at the tables for years or just now dipping your toe into the most complex game on the planet, this podcast should have something for you. What poker player hasn't watched Rounders and Mike McDee jet off to Vegas in the command? I wish I could do that. Well, this podcast is about a guy that did, a guy that is doing, and a guy that wants to do that. So hopefully it'll provide a lot of perspective into what all being a professional poker player is and what that looks like in today's day and age. All right, let's uh, get into Bobby's Room Beats. Uh, you want in a real game, I'll hook you up. High stakes, exclusive clientele. Joe, how's uh, how things been in the high stakes world? And you're not just uh, not just in battling in Bobby's room. You you also uh, grinded some tournaments this week, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, that's because I haven't been able to play in Bobby's room. Um, I'd much rather be playing the cash games, but uh, I haven't been able to get in a lot of the certain lineups and whatnot and. It's kind of kind of battling a little bit, but like the realization of like what kind of high stakes poker is nowadays, and it's not the not the prettiest thing. But so what, yeah. what's what's it go? The, what's it like to get on the list to get actually in the game? Because I know you like if you get invited every day, you'd be there every day. So why aren't you invited every day? Um, it's <laughs> there's a little bit of politics behind it, but you know it's. Guys who are bringing other guys into the game, and uh, you know, and you know, bringing some action players in the game, and, and keeping the game like good and whatnot. So your seventy percent VPIP isn't enough for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. It should be. It should be more than enough. I know. It's rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no. Yeah, there's there's a lot, a little bit more that goes into it. Um, but the guy overall, it's been it's been good. I've been able to play like a decent amount, but um, just not so much this week. So not a lot of hands from Bobby's room. Mm-hmm. You got a couple so, of hands. Yeah, we we got some good hands to talk about this week. I mean, I had one of my most interesting spots ever. So I went and played uh, a tournament, a couple tournaments. Yesterday I played a 3k like high roller thing at the Venetian or at the um horseshoe and I ended up getting 7th place. But I had a yeah, I I told you guys or I I I brought up the king's hand and I want to talk about it on the podcast cuz I think it was such an interesting hand. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um All right, so I'll tell you guys the uh I'll tell you guys the history or the hand history. Um, we were getting, I had, I had a good amount of chips. Anyways, we're playing 5k, 10k, lose a couple pots. And now I'm down like super short and I'm just about to pay my big blind and I have 40,000 in chips. 
Exactly 40,000. So 10 goes in my big blind. I have to ante 10. So now that's 20K. Okay. And mm-hmm. now there's 19 players left. And 18th place is a 5K money bubble. Or 18th place. 19th, whoever gets 19th is the, the money bubble. So 18th, uh, I get five 5K. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways. I'm in my big blind and I, I have 20 of it in the pot. And now under the gun makes it under the gun raises to 20. So now I call and I only have, or now it's folded to me in the big blind and I have 10 K. I have 20 K left. And I look down, I have two Kings. Um, and so whatever, I could just like put in my two big blinds right there, but I, I'm like, well, you know, what's the point? Uh, there's no real reason to like get it in here. It's not like I have any fold equity. Let's just call and whatever. Maybe I have fold equity later. Maybe I, you know, maybe I can get them off the hand. Maybe, you know, whatever. Um anyways, I just call. And now the flop comes ace eight five rainbow. And I check and he he bets my last 10k. Um, and you know, this is just like, normally it would just, it's just fine. Just get it in with Kings. Why are you overthinking this? Blah, 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 blah. Right. Right. Um, but like, so anyways, I, I mean, I thought forever with my Kings, I'm like, this is so stupid. Like what a, what a ridiculous <laughs> here. Like, I just, I don't really think he's like bluffing there. I mean, and like my stack's not really worth all that much anyways. All I'm really trying to do here is min cash. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, that's the whole goal is like, so if I fold there and now I fold my small blind, there's a very high likelihood that something's gonna go bust in the next like seven hands or whatever it is. Um so I'll get seven hands to wait for someone else to go broke. Mm-hmm. Uh and that was kind of like my thinking then. Um, and uh, anyways, I, I thought for like a, quite a long time and I literally ended up flipping a coin and it landed on call. And anyways, the uh, under the gun player had ace four. I had kings and it comes turn nothing. And then river was my uh, river. I had a king to uh to double up and stay alive i mean i, I don't know his game yeah Amazing. yeah lucky, lucky <laughs> hit and the famous like, words of joe t just call and get there yeah yeah yeah, yeah you know. the guy next to me folded a king too so it was a one-outer <laughs> <laughs> but like so anyways most people are just saying you know what are you doing why are you overthinking it just put it in blah 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 um, but I, like, okay, I think with only three tables, that's probably a very valid argument, right? Like just put it in, even if I, even if I do fade the small blind and now get seven more hands or six hands or whatever, it's probably unlikely that someone is even going to go bust with only three tables there. Or, I mean, it's, it's, I would say there's like about a, 
50% likelihood that someone goes bust in seven hands. Mm -hmm. so it was that high, you think? See, that that was my argument, was if there's nobody with a stack with, like, under four big blinds, and they know you have one big blind, they're just going to fold everything and make sure that you're the one that goes bust, which was my argument for just getting the kings in preflop, because what if you flip the coin, it lands on fold instead of call, and the guy just has, like, pocket nines or something? That, that sure, would be a disaster. That would be a disaster. I I do agree with that. And like, but you know, it. Um, this is the spot where I think your ICM is worth way more than my chip EV, right? Like, yeah, sure, correct. I could be making a horrible yeah. chip EV fold, but I, I I just think, you know, making the money now is like my only goal at this point. Right. Um, but the, the, it's so important knowing the other stack sizes. So were you like, were you able to kind of like wander yeah. and look at the other tables? Well, it's sure, but like, I mean, the previous hand there were two people all in, oh, right? Okay. And there, you know, and and there was like, you know, still like a button raise, and now the big blind shoves ace two suited for twelve big blinds. Like, I mean, there's there's lots of like these situations that are just going to happen, and it doesn't matter if like people are waiting or not. Like, you know, people are just going to play their cards. And sometimes coolers happen and, you know, things happen and whatever. Now, mm -hmm. so, like, my argument, I think with only three tables, it's, you know, sure, just just go broke and take your medicine kind of thing. But I, I think yeah. if there were, like, 20 tables, and now I'm, like, very, very likely to, to like... Then it's an easy fold, for sure. Oh. Yeah. Just because wait, there's so wait. You never even said that before, Willie. <laughs> yeah, well, because, look, three tables left. If I'm sitting at the table next to you and I see you have one big blind, I'm just going to fold out and even look at my cards for the next ten hands until you're gone. Like, I'm not going to play a single pot if I have under ten big blinds. Yeah, if you have under ten big blinds. But sometimes, like, a 15 big blind stack is going to get it all in against someone else with, like... Well, that's you know, like the worst blunder in the history of ICM if a 15 big blind stack gets in with like a 20 big blind right. stack. And, and it's a 3K, so I'm assuming these guys are like somewhat understanding ICM. They're not just going to, oh, I got ace king, let's let's rip it. You're just telling, you're, you're saying like Queens isn't going to get it in for like their 15 big blinds or something? What if they run into ace king? What, you know, like technically Queens is a fold. Like not, yeah. ICM wise, it is a fold, but I'm not like, it just depends on the players. Right. If they're, if they're all a bunch of sharp guys from Vegas playing the 3K, you think they would they would uh, understand ICM? Yeah, they're all smart guys, but like if you have 15 big blinds, you're not really thinking ICM. You're thinking Chip EV. You should be though. Right. Good. See, this is where I, I differ from you. I, I yeah. I have a lot of because I played sit and goes for the last five years, where every right. single decision is ICM, and I I've made these big folds. Where I guess mm -hmm. some guys who if they're just here in Vegas for a weekend, they're playing the 3K. They they. Oh, see these were all pros. They're all pros. They're, you know, it was most, we were mostly down to like pros in the last like 20 players. I mean, why I lean towards just getting the Kings in pre-flop because nobody's going to let you cash if you have one big blind. I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. <laughs> okay. That's fair. <laughs> we can agree to disagree. I mean, if you have 20 big blinds or something and like, you know, you open, you get three bet, and you have like kings, and the other guy is ace king or whatever. You're still gonna shove the shit. You're not thinking, oh, this guy only has one big blind. You're thinking, I've, you know, I have queens or something or like whatever. 
See, I've folded not... that exact spot before in a tournament. Yeah. But I, I know you wouldn't, but that's... <laughs> it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, that was the I main mean, that was the main question of just like how how big are of mistakes are these guys making because yeah they should be folding yeah damn near hundred percent of the range uh, if you only have one big blind and big blind Annie has changed this format a little bit too and you'll see this in like high rollers and stuff where you know guys will go all in for you know they'll have like twenty bigs and they'll go all in for nineteen and uh, or not all in but they'll they'll raise nineteen and then get shoved on and then fold because the big blind Annie just makes it so much. Uh, uh, so more valuable having that one big one remaining. Right. Yeah. So like, yeah. So like I said, I, I think if there's like 10 or 15 tables, like it's a different, it's a different story. Like I might have to, you know, I, I would have been probably, I would have, I probably would have folded my Kings on the flop to be honest. Yeah. Cause if somebody's way like, more likely to bust with so many people. Yeah. But like, you know, at some point you can't make the argument that in like three tables, oh, everyone's just going to wait. But in like 20 tables, someone's going to bust like, you know, I mean, even in 20 tables, people are going to know that, hey, there's a guy sitting there with like one or two big blinds. But that's they're not thinking that they're they're just playing their hands. So anyway, that, it, that was a that was an interesting spot. Most people think it was kind of like ridiculous. But I, I, you know, I was no, just I, like, I hey, man, very interesting spot. Yeah, I no, my yeah. Yeah, I see him as crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in general, uh yeah, like shoving mistakes are 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 almost always way way less of a mistake than calling mistakes in ICM. I see calling mistakes in ICM are are pretty brutal. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I had a, I had a hand like like yesterday, where I had twenty three big blinds and the small blind with ace five suited, um, and I ended up shoving, but it just felt like, damn, this is a lot. Ace five is a lot. Twenty bigs, yeah. You can just go two point five x and see what happens. Yeah, but I had ace five suited, and I was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Talking about salver kids. <laughs> I mean, you you do make him fold better hands a lot. What other hands? Uh, Will you uh, you want to talk about? You sure. Said you I, I, yeah, I sent one to you guys last night, and J.K. said he liked he liked my line, and you said you didn't. But anyways, it's uh, three five at the Venetian, uh, probably twelve hundred to fifteen hundred effective somewhere in that range. But uh, I just table changed, so I don't know this person at all. It's probably like my third hand at the table. Uh, a young, like, Eastern European female makes it 25 in the cutoff. I have ace, queen, and clubs in the small blind. I three bet to 125, and she calls. Uh, the flop is queen of hearts, ten of hearts, eight X. And I, I lead. Seven. It, it, I, I realized it's it was definitely an eight, looking back on it. I typed seven, but it's an eight. Oh, Okay. Okay. But it's, it does change things a little bit, but yeah. So queen queen of hearts, ten of hearts, eight uh, x. Uh, I lead for one thirty, and she calls. I think that's all pretty standard there. Maybe I could size up a bit. Yeah. Um, the turn is uh, six of hearts, so three hearts on board now, and it goes check check. And the river is a jack of hearts, so. 
Uh, any nine makes a straight, ace king makes a straight, and there's four hearts on board. And I think at this point, it's a good spot to turn my hand into a bluff. I think, obviously, if she doesn't have a heart, she's good, she could fold two pairs, maybe even the ace king straight. Uh, probably a nine for sure for a straight. So I bet 275. You think that's good sizing? Do you think my line makes sense? I mean, I can have the ace or king of hearts pretty easily, in my opinion. Um, okay, yeah, when you sent the hand history, it, it, you had it was queen 10 7, but like now queen 10 8, it's a little bit different. I think it's pretty ambitious if you. I would call it a nine. Just a naked I mean, nine. You you never have ace king, so ace king and a nine are all the same shit. Why why can't I have ace king? Because there's four hearts on board. Yeah, you're right. I wouldn't bet ace king, but I could. Yeah, you're not if betting I ace, king, ace king. I, I I might check. Yeah, I wouldn't. Turn yeah, ace if you king have ace king, you're not gonna bet. You're just gonna check and like you're not gonna like. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not saying you can't have ace king. You're just not gonna bet ace king. That's fair. Um, when there's four so hearts, I'm, I'm basically only betting the ace or king of hearts. Or, yeah, like yeah. a good heart. Yeah, a good flush. I mean, so a nine and ace king and all that is the same. Um, yeah, this is a different story. I, I don't think it's horrible to turn your hand into a bluff here, to be honest. Like, you can get her to fold hands like jack ten. Uh, right, yeah, queen jack, jack ten, queen mm -hmm. ten. Yeah. King uh, so, um... Yeah, so I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's as bad in this spot. Okay. Well, uh, um, I got I got looked up by uh, pocket fives with the five of hearts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. So the the flop float was very <laughs> ambitious. Yeah. But, uh, she got me. She got me. <laughs> yeah, soul read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know why. I kind of, I, I don't, because I, I, this is another thing I want to talk about is like talking about hands at the table. Where like if you make a river bet and the a fun player folds and he asks what you have, like I'll, I'll, I'll you know banter with him a little bit and talk about things. And then when I've said that before, uh, everybody's like, oh, don't, don't talk about hands. Don't talk about hands. But like, if a recreational player wants to talk to me about a hand, I'm not just gonna like stonewall him. So where, like, it seems almost kind of like a gray line. Like, mm -hmm. where do you not talk about hands? When do you do talk about hands? Like, obviously, I'm not going to sit there with a Euro Pro and talk about three betting ranges. Like, that's obviously right. no good. But like, <laughs> yeah, that, that's about the only time I wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> See, anything I, I, else? Like, who cares? It, right. We're we're sitting here playing a game. We're going to talk about the game. We're not just going to all have our AirPods in and talk about basketball the entire time or whatever. Yeah, I mean, people are interested in talking about poker, like, the hands. That's why they're, they're playing, and it's like, oh, right. damn, I wonder if you bluffed me. And, you know, whatever. Like, who cares? And especially if the people want to talk about the hands. Yeah, it's different if, like, the Euro Pro, you know, you're sitting there with a bunch of pros, and, like, there's one or two, like, recreational players that just feel, like, left out. Yeah, that makes sense. With it, They're kind yeah. of you know, over their head, yeah. but... Yeah, but like for the most part, who cares? And and the whole like not telling people, I think I think like not even showing cards. Who cares? I tabled my hand more than anybody else at the Venetian. I'm certain of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
And and why not? Because the hand's over. Right. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Like, who cares? Let the person know they got bluffed. Let them know they made a good fold. Like, it, it you know, yeah, it'll, it'll like, I mean, it doesn't make it, it makes no difference whatsoever. Yeah, none of these guys at 3-5 are good enough that me showing my hand down, they're going to be able to make better decisions against me in the future, I don't think. So I don't, None I don't of the guys at 100, 100 are either. It's, <laughs> so it doesn't change true. anything. It doesn't change anything. I, I've made more money than anyone else in well, I don't know. Relative to the, like <laughs> relative to the size of the tournaments Your I've been playing. Sure, yeah. Go yeah, go go talk. <laughs> Over my career, I've made more money by agreeing to show my cards. Like I, I used to sit down in tournaments, like I would sit down in a 10k tournament and I would tell these people, I'm like, all right, for like 40, 50 bucks a person or something. I'll show my cards all day long, right? So, and I would just collect like three, four hundred dollars, like, and people are like, "Oh my god, this is the greatest deal ever!" And you know, this was like fifteen, twenty years ago, and now like people don't do it as much. People don't pay as much because they're like, "Eh, it's not worth it." Because <laughs> people are starting to realize it's not worth it. But I'm like, guys, I'll show you my cards all day long, right? And I would be so happy to collect my like three, four hundred bucks. Sure. There's a guy yeah. I've been playing with that every time there's like a, a river decision and the pot's over a couple hundred bucks and uh, it doesn't go to showdown, he's like, he's like three bucks, three bucks. He he'll toss somebody three bucks to show their hand. I'll take the three bucks all day. All I made day. Like, I made like fifteen bucks off him yesterday just showing my hand down, uh, just on bluffs and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. all day, all day. Like why not? Now that <laughs> you think I'm bluffing, I'm just gonna have max value next time or whatever. But it doesn't even matter because now you think I'm gonna have max value, and I'll bluff you again. Take your three dollars, and I'll take your three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the coffee. Yeah. No. That, yeah. Yeah. For for me, I've I've always I've always tried to to talk about more so just kind of like on, on their on on their level. Uh, like if they want to talk about like strategy or a hand or stuff, like I'll I'll usually like, just dumb it down to whatever like their level t- they're talking about. Like like oh yeah, like I, I put you on Ace King or uh, you know I, I oh yeah I I had it or oh yeah no you, you you have to fold that or yeah or you know talking about how you know what a, what a what a terrible hand jacks are and things like that. Like usually just go along with with the table. Even yeah, obviously putting in a bunch of hours at, at Venetian and. Uh, I bet a hundred dollars that uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't make it on the on the free roll or the rakeback list. Uh, but yeah, it's on the. This is a we're recording this on the twenty fourth, so February's almost up. Uh, how's it? How how you looking on there? To you, but I'm already on the list. I was. Uh, I had a. He's yeah, it, it's There's a lot. You, you can just you can just send the money now. But I I had <laughs> uh, yesterday they update the list every morning. I had like 132 hours and the the absolute bottom was like 128 hours so i don't have much of a cushion so i do need to get down there today and pretty much the rest of the month because everybody at the bottom of the list is playing eight hours a day so i got to make sure i'm getting my eight hours in as well sure yeah i guess uh, next week on the podcast i can give a a better recap once it's all finished and then talk about the free roll a little bit too what a good yeah. system for the what a good system for the casino though. Oh yeah, they just, just get they just so get like, there. Yeah, they just get so many people that are just chasing and you know, you have to be playing like 
so many hours and they'll, they'll get people playing like 10, eight plus hours a day. And it's just so smart by the Venetian. I mean, I'm not a big fan. Yeah, we know. <laughs> oh, you know what we could add in the poker section? Um, I've been talking about this with a lot of like floor people and like whatever uh, for like tournaments and whatnot is um, out of turn action um, should be a one street penalty where you're not allowed to make an aggressive action on that turn or, uh, you know, on that street. Um, and I think that's a rule they should change. Um, whereas, whereas like, you know, let's say you go all in out of turn on a, you know, pre-flop, let's say, or it's, you know, folded and I want to go all in, but now that I th see the guy in front of me is like thinking about raising or something like, it's it's almost to my benefit just to go all in out of turn, you know what I mean, and and to and it it changes the action ahead of you if you go out of it, turn. It changes the action drastically, and and so now like, um, you know now like the guy can't, the guy kind of like loses his turn. So yeah. how should the out of turn player be penalized? And in my solution that I brought up with a lot of floor people, and they said they like it. Um, was that the out-of-turn action, you, you should not be allowed to make an aggressive action on that street. So, like, you're no longer allowed to bet. Um, I don't know when it'll be changed. I, I've talked with a lot of, like, floor people about it, but and a lot of them seem to agree with me. Like, the, the floor people I respect anyways, like Guys at the Win and the World Series of Poker, um, it, you know, it, I think it's it could be a long time coming, um, but... I think that's a rule that definitely needs to be changed, along with the shot clocks for sure. Here's something we should talk about. I, sure. I just saw this on uh, this morning on Twitter, in like EPT or something. Uh, they got yo viral. Oh yeah, that oh, the, yeah, the endless uh, tanking. Yeah, yeah, and, and the <laughs> endless tanking, and and I even experienced it yesterday with stalling going into the like the bubble and stuff. And now I haven't played tournaments in so long. Like, yeah, I was a tournament pro, like, a you know, a, a somewhat relative, relevant up until about 2011. And, like, now I'm, like, no longer relevant in any way, you know, because I, <laughs> I just don't. But, like, whatever. I didn't realize what tournaments have become and, like, people stalling and things like that. And it's just, like, I saw it yesterday, like, when we were two from the money and, and three from the money and guys, like, tanking and lots of decisions. And I'm, like... Man, this guy must have a tough decision. Then, it, then it's like, oh no, wait, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, wait. I didn't realize he's just stalling. Like, yeah, they're all. Do they want their extra seventeen dollars in EV for tanking for forty-five seconds? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So throughout this tournament, I was just getting so annoyed with like a lot of these pros, and I mean, these guys are all good players too. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, they feel like they need to not give away any timing tells oh i can't bet too quickly i can't check too quick i i have to like stare them down first i have to do this and blah 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 like all this bullshit that's just extra noise in my opinion so bad. Like, it's so bad for the game it's yeah. so goddamn annoying and it's just like and, and you know i asked one of the pros yesterday i'm like are you gonna take this long every hand or what like this is really getting like kind of boring yeah. like i was just getting up and like walking away from the table and this isn't even when we were like near the money i'm just like 
you know, and he's like, yeah, probably. And I'm like, eh, whatever. But anyways, I, on, on online in one of the EPTs, like that guy, uh, maybe you guys know what happened with that guy, Yo Viral, but he, he had some yeah. like, Probably he had some yeah. hand and he was, he, he ended up doubling up, but he was like tanking, tanking, and he had three time banks, call, or three clocks called on three him in the same hand. In one yeah. hand, yeah. And he ended up doubling up. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, like, um, yeah, a couple weeks ago, I made a, a TikTok video about this where I called clock on a guy who was kind of doing the same thing, just, just tanking in like ridiculous spots, like pre-flop and and you know and just stalling for for no real reason and then uh and people were saying like oh well in defense of yo viral they were saying like oh well he had a big decision it was like an it was a it was a really big spot in the in the river it's like well yeah we get we're not saying that it's not a big spot but you know you've been wasting everybody's time already all the, you know this is how this is how the guy plays this is you know like you're this is something that you're known for and you've been already stalling in spots that didn't require it. So guess what? When you need it, uh, you get less time than other people. Sorry. Right. Nobody calls a clock on me because maybe two or three times a day, a river decision takes me two or three minutes. Not every single river decision in every single pot. Well, yeah. So if, like, if you're taking 30 seconds to a minute every single hand, you're just mm -hmm. not going to get the leniency that somebody would who's playing in a timely fashion. Yeah, absolutely. Like so, something I actually had to do for myself is because I, I a lot of my decisions are just pretty quick, and I I know what what I'm going to do. And in some spots, I had to just now when I play tournaments live anyway, I have to tell myself like, okay, like take five seconds and just make sure that this is absolutely the right move because I've I've definitely acted. I'm I'm way more apt to act too quickly and not fully think through a spot than uh than yeah than than needlessly tank. So. I think the only, only viable solution to this, and and it and it it, it will correct everything, is a is a chess clock. I agree. Mm -hmm. each, each person gets their own timer. Yep. Everyone gets their own timer. Everyone is allowed, to like, you know, give them a twenty minute clock, mm -hmm. and they can take. They can take all, you know, whatever. Everyone gets like, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but every every single decision, when it's your turn, you have to hit the clock and then turn it off, or or you got to hit your opponent's clock. You fold and then and then you tap your opponent's clock. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And and it's just like the most basic thing ever. Now they can like, if you want to save your entire clock to stall on the bubble, good for you. You can do it. Stall away. Mm-hmm. Stall away. Good job. You saved your whole clock, and now you can stall. Like, do whatever the hell you want. But, like, give everyone a chess clock. Where everyone yeah. gets the same amount of time, and it's, and it's especially in tournaments. That's the, only, mm -hmm. that's the only fair way to do it in tournaments, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Yep, I agree. Yeah, We, we yeah, do see more and more tournament series do implementing the, the clock, or the time chips, or different things like that, which everybody seems to be enjoying. So hopefully more tournaments take that on as well. But I, yeah, I don't even think the time chips are great because like you'll still get mm -hmm. the, you know, you'll still get like a full thirty seconds preflop with a hand you know you're gonna fold. Exactly. Okay, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. That, yeah. That's the other that's argument. Still that's still annoying too. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's just annoying. But yeah, that, yeah, that, that 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 that's what a lot of people say too. Is like, yeah, it's like, oh well, I know I have thirty seconds. Okay, I'm just gonna take the whole thirty seconds. 
Yeah, time chips are stupid too. It, not not stupid. They're a little bit better, but like, right? Sure. It, it, it's just it's not nearly as effective or as good as a personal chess clock where you get your own time. You can do whatever you want with your time. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, Negrano right. has the same the same viewpoint on that. He's he, he's he's mentioned uh, chess clocks before. And yeah, sure, it's like more work either on the table or the dealer, however you you like want to set it up. Uh, but they said the same thing for, with ch- shot clocks, and that's been like in- implemented pretty well now into like you know we have like pretty good software that's able to keep up with the actions and things, and it's not it's not requiring that much work either on the players or the dealer part once you get used to um, implementing it. Yeah, you can, everyone can get their own physical clock right in front of them, or they can. Just somehow, you know, just implement it on, on the thing where you make the dealer do it all. I, I mean, it's kind of tough. On, well, I don't think it's that tough on a, uh, for the dealers, but whatever. However you do it, do something. Mm-hmm. Do something. Yeah, yeah, because it's gotten just, so just annoying. Just give the dealer a stopwatch. It's, that's pretty simple. They just click it every time the next person has their action, and they get 20 seconds. Yeah, but then, and then I would have to read, like, which players, who's you know which player is but yeah right. yeah with it somehow but yeah no like i think yeah i think if they have like whatever you call it the table captain uh screen like that's what most of them use for the for having uh, the shot clocks and like calling calling clock and and stuff yeah it, it wouldn't be that it wouldn't be that difficult to just like hit like a um hit implement some software and then uh hit like a big arrow for whose turn it is and then the computer all the software has everyone's everyone's bank and whenever you, whenever you hit the arrow that the, their time bank starts yeah yeah like so everyone's bank starts at like 15 seconds or 15 minutes or something mm-hmm. right or, or like 20 minutes or whatever and like every preflop decision you make you know now it comes up to me, it, you know, now someone who tanked a long time on the river, theirs might be at a, like 11 minutes or something. And I still have 19 when it comes to me or whatever, you know, and it's just like, okay, I'm going to, I can save this for the whole tournament. Maybe I'm going to have like a two minute long river decision that I need to make or whatever. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, I think I got the time chips and I was like proud you know, I'm like, I'm never going to use these things, blah, blah, blah. But I, I had a couple like tough river decisions that I needed to use a bunch of them on. And, you know, I used them on like my river decisions, but like Therefore. it just prevents so much yeah. of the wasting time on like preflop, like in, in just like stupid situations and staring people down and whatever. It's like, oh, all that. And I was talking to some recreational players yesterday and it's like, yeah, tournaments have gotten so annoying with this. Just another reason not to play tournaments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good for as far as the uh, poker goes. Um, so we'll move on to Sick Mitts. Coming soon to a theater near you, Sick Mitts, starring Jack Eichel, brother. So the past week has been okay, uh, like 12 and... Uh, or thirteen and twelve and two in the past week from I mean, like up up two and a half units past week not not great but not uh, and the green is always better than the red yeah the, the two the two units stay hot it's always good to yeah. keep those going yeah 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 definitely had the, yeah yeah some yeah rare, yeah some yeah good 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 hits on the two units um 
Yeah, was like in like a three and one night last night, and then just went. The, we just had the under barrage of goals. Yeah. Yeah, with yeah, with Sharks in Nashville. Yeah, two pretty solid goalies, and in, in both in both in the in the metrics anyway, it was it was looking yeah pretty solid. wasn't wasn't a lot of uh, high danger chances or expected goals for, but uh, yeah, sometimes yeah you just get penalties and you get yes yeah, shorthanded goals and uh bad giveaways so uh yeah it happens but uh as far as like news and what's coming up uh the trade deadline i guess is like the biggest thing uh that's that's coming up uh next week and so having uh having a lot of uh already there's been a few a few noteworthy trades um and uh then there's still some some big uh, players on the uh, still on the docket like uh, Patrick Kane being probably like the biggest one of the biggest names remaining uh, left. There's a uh, trade deadline's uh, in one week, and he's almost certainly going to get traded. And so he's been playing out of his mind in the past uh, <laughs> week or so, just proving that he's still got it and he's still healthy and can contribute. And so it'll be interesting to see where he lands, and then. Also, some uh, it'll be interesting to see where there. I think I think there's going to be like kind of like a barrage of goalies that get traded, and kind of like the first one will kind of have a domino effect on the other ones. There's about six or seven teams that really need a goalie or need to make a move for a goalie, and if they want to try and uh, do something in the playoffs. And um, so it'll be interesting to see where uh, they 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 do like notably like the Oilers and uh, the Kings, uh, the Canucks that uh, all really need a goalie, and they'll it'll be there's some decent ones available. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where 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 that goes as far as like standings and things go. Hasn't been a whole lot of uh, movement. On that, uh, yeah, Boston's just kind of coasting, and they I think it was uh, Marshawn uh, uh, spoke out about the because uh, they're uh, they they there's so there's like 26 games remaining, and if the Bruins win 20 games, they'll set the NHL record for um, all-time wins in a season. Um, and when asked about it, uh, Martian said kind of the same thing that I did last week saying was like, Hey, like we're just trying to play games and we're just trying, we're like, we want the cup. Like we're not, we're, you know, we don't mean a lot to them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We're, you know, we're obviously like, yeah, not going to try and play bad hockey. Uh, and the NHL has definitely done uh, a good job of not taking load management to the extreme, like the like the NBA does, uh, where you'll have people just sitting for no reason. After the trade deadline, that's that's really like when you start to get a, a more clear picture of of what uh, what teams are kind of positioning themselves to hopefully go on a run, since or at least uh, you know be in contention anyway in the playoffs, and then some teams are just already in just full rebuilding mode and they don't uh uh they don't really care and they're just going for the draft because the draft is also it's also like very interesting this year because the, the this this upcoming draft um with like Kale McCarr and some other just incredible people this this draft will be like 
incredible this year. And so it's uh, teams are like really incentivized to to uh, to get a high draft pick this year or position themselves to get one. What do you think about uh, like the futures? Because like I mean, I saw it in the like NBA, it just like following following the trade talk and whatever. Uh, you know, like Durant getting traded from the Suns, they went from like twelve or thirteen to one to win the championship to like four and a half to one or something. You know, right when he got right. traded. So which probably following that. Right, yeah. It's like which team needs a good goalie, and if they get a good goalie, they're going to jump up in the standings. Yeah, uh, yeah. A team like the um, a team like the Kings uh, is kind of interesting to me. Um, they they're certainly not a top tier team, but they have enough pieces offensively and defensively to hang with a lot of the teams and. Uh, neither one of um, uh, their goalies is is really getting the job done. So uh, if if they if they could get um, if they could get a goalie, uh, I think uh, they're already like a pretty long shot. So thirty three to one right now. Yeah, a team like the Canucks uh, or or Seattle Kraken. Um, both of those, uh, they they have like. Just incredible offense, and the Oilers probably make a move at least for a defensive man, if not for a goalie. Is the Oilers' problem on defense or the goalie, or a combination of both? Combination of both. Um, they, yeah, they, 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 they just need some help on the back end. They, uh, there's, there, there's no team in the league they can't put up uh, four or five goals against. Um, but yeah, they, they, they just lack uh, depth defensively, and then they, they lack. Um, goal ten- tender. So chance to make the playoffs. You think? Uh, who are the Kings? The Canu- no, the Canucks. Canucks. Oh, the Canucks. Um, I think they have a. There's the. Uh, if if they if they get some if they get some help. Uh, if they get a goalie. Um, then yeah, I think that I think there's a decent chance that they could get uh get into a wild card spot. Seeing them at seventy five to one to win the cup, and I I do love a good long shot. So he might be. Convincing me to sprinkle a couple bucks there. <laughs> and growing up in Washington, I was a Canucks fan before I moved to Vegas to become a Knights fan. They're my closet. Mm-hmm. Nice. Later in the season, or maybe just this season in general, I've seen so many like minus 300 to minus 500 favorites, and I don't remember seeing that nearly as often in uh, past seasons. Is that yeah? Yeah, no, that's a good like, recency bias I'm, I'm noticing, or what? Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, yeah, the yeah the uh, the NHL definitely is a league of the haves and haves nots this year. Um, there's not a whole lot of of um, middling teams, uh, and there's definitely like a lot of teams that are like upper tier and uh, could very easily any one of them could win the cup, and then just some teams down bottom tier where it's like yeah they're they shouldn't be favored versus like almost anybody. Um, so yeah, like uh, you'll see teams like like Anaheim and Chicago Blackhawks and Arizona. Those are probably the three top bottom feeders. Uh, then like Detroit's not too far behind them. They're really bad. When you get when you get teams like that versus top teams like Toronto Maple Leafs and Carolina Hurricanes and Tampa Bay 
then yeah, and it's, and especially if that the favorite is at home, then that's just going to be like a dollar fifty more that's added yeah, onto exactly. the line, and uh, and so uh, yeah, so yeah, especially when you get like teams on like yeah back to backs and three and fours and already teams that are in bad scheduling spots, that's that's going to be partially baked into the line on top of already being like a you know a minus two fifty favorite. Uh, at you know when when they're at home, then uh yeah then then yeah the, then you're just gonna get yeah yeah pretty pretty crazy prices on yeah four and five to ones on for for money lines, which is just yeah just just pretty crazy. Um, uh, then there's I was listening one of the podcasts that I listened to on the for the action network. They were they were talking about uh on on some of these some of these money lines anyway. They can still be they can still be not fully correct for 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 what the for what the actual true odds should represent like uh, like there is who was it um i think like chicago came to tampa uh last week i think and tampa was like a minus 300 favorite and they they were talking about that game and they said yeah like so like tampa is you know projected you know, you, you put this like into like expected like winning percentage. Like, this is like saying that uh, you know Chicago is going to win the game like thirty percent of the time. And the guy's like, you know what? Like, honestly, he's like, I would never lay minus three hundred, but like, honestly, like, Tamp Chicago is probably not going to win this game thirty percent of the time. They're, they're probably it's not like going to win. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's yeah, like it's it's a big price, but like, and you know, there are still some instances where it's like, yeah, no, that's this is pr- still probably. Probably still plus EV to bet to bet the lightning and uh and I, this that that's not something like I'm not a guy to heart, you know very rarely I try not to go past 150 if I can if I can help it in most spots but uh, yeah that, that that's something that uh, that uh as is just in terms of like talking about like uh what actual value is and things um, that a lot of people will get wrong and uh saying you know like oh well this team is minus 200 there's obviously no value in it it's like well you know like not necessarily like minus 200 is a lot and you know but uh you know if they should be minus 600 then there's you know you're printing money at minus 200 so Mm. value to be had right yeah not yeah so and you know just because there's uh and same thing with like underdogs you know it's like oh well it's plus money you can't argue no like you can definitely argue like you know just yeah, something's like a million to one chance, and someone's offering you five million to one. Then you know, yeah, then that sure, there's obviously insane value on that, but it's never going to come in. So we can move on to um, meaningful to some. That's going to be a touchdown. There's no extra point, but that may be meaningful to some of you. And you know who I mean. And uh, any other sports, I know that. Uh, uh, um, that are that are heating up. Uh, uh, besides, uh, other than hockey, um, uh, it's kind of a little bit of a, a dull year, or not dull year, but a dull dull part of the of the season when uh, after football ends. Yeah, we're just uh, not, not much to talk about really. Just waiting for March Madness. I haven't been following college basketball as much this year as the years in the past, but it seems like there's not really a, uh, a number one team in uh, college basketball this year. So March Madness should be exciting. Some upsets, lots of upsets. 
Lots yeah. of unknowns. Anybody can win, but I guess that's kind of the theme of March Madness every year. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, it seems to be the way that NBA is going this year too. Like there's just a lot of uh a lot of really competitive teams and there's no there, there there's not really a lot of like teams that are way above other teams and teams that are way below other teams uh is what it, is what it seems like anyway. There's a lot of big trades recently in the NBA too that I'm kind of just waiting to see how certain yeah. players start meshing with their new teams and then we'll get a better understanding in a in a month or so, right towards playoff time, who actually has a shot at contending? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that all sounds sounds good. There's yeah, one of the best times of the year is yeah, is uh yeah when you have both both playoff hockey and playoff basketball. Pretty pretty good. So thanks for hanging out. Review, give us five stars. Email us with any feedback, good or bad. Love to hear from you. Reach out to when the chips are down podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send in your own hand or questions you might have about poker. We talk to each other pretty much every day already, so the whole reason that we're doing this is to provide value to others in this space. So please let us know any thoughts or questions you might have, and we'll get to them. You can find myself at Viking19 on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. You can find Joe Tihon at THNJ on Instagram. And you can find Willie at Brandon Fayant on Instagram. Coming up in episode number nine, I will hopefully be back in Dallas and back on the live grind. And Scott and I dive more into my own background and how I got into this crazy, incredible game we call poker. Keep grinding, guys.